Welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. Hey, welcome to the 10th podcast in season two. I'm so glad that you guys are hanging out with us today. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something that for some, I recognize that this is going to be a very difficult conversation. And for others, this is something that you you thrive in. And for both of you, whoever I'm talking to, it can be healthy and unhealthy. You say, TJ, what the heck are you talking about? I'm going to talk about, for just a few minutes today, conflict. All right? I want to talk about why conflict is essential to life and how being willing to have conflict, and I, maybe I should phrase it this way, healthy conflict is actually a win in your life, all right? Um, Jordan Peterson, he's a clinical psychologist, and he says this, conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. I heard that, gosh, it's probably, I don't know, Lindley, what I emailed you four or five months ago. I heard it four or five months ago, and when I heard it, man, I just kept thinking about conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Now, my personality type, I've never shied away from conflict. If I see an injustice, it's always been very easy for me to stand up against an injustice, stand up for someone when it comes to something that I believe is right. It's very easy for me to stand up, and I don't typically shy away from conflict. Um, I read this in the book, The Road Back to You, uh, by Ian Morgan Cron, and he says this, that um, for someone with my personality type, that conflict actually feels like connection. And that's what I realized in my life. For me, conflict feels like connection. If someone argues with me or someone confronts me, I feel like that's an authentic relationship or that that person feels close enough to me to have that conversation. Now, for others, I realize if you have conflict, if someone disagrees with you or you begin to have conflict, you feel like that person is instantly a mortal enemy, right? Like they are opposed to you. They are against you. They don't want good for you. And so today, what I want to, what I would really hope we can do for a few minutes is just to look at um, what happens or why really we don't have conflict, the dangers of not having conflict, and then reasons why we should have conflict, why we should embrace um, healthy conflict in our life. And, and so the the first really set of uh, questions or set of thoughts that I'm going to walk through is why we don't have conflict. And I think ultimately uh, the simplest beginning of why we don't have conflict would be this. It's uncomfortable. Like conflict, even if it's to a healthy end, or for a good cause, or you're standing up against an injustice, or you're, you know, fighting for someone's rights, or you're just standing up for yourself, conflict is really, really difficult. It's uncomfortable. Um, It it makes you feel awkward. It makes the other person feel awkward. It makes anybody else in the room feel awkward. It's just, it introduces a tension to relationships. So people, for comfort's sake, multiple times I've seen it even on staff and in staff meetings and relationship, people will forego needed conflict for the sake of comfort because they want to at least appear um, agreeable, right? And so my encouragement would be lean sometimes into discomfort so that you can have healthy conflict, so that you can have genuine resolution, right? There, The other reason I think is because that person who's unwilling to have conflict is insecure of the relationship or insecure of their position in the relationship. 
and uh, I'll say it like this, maybe uh, I see this happen all the time in like dating relationships early on in the relationship. There's something that like really, really bothers the guy or the girl in the relationship and they don't say anything about it. They're like, oh, it'll get better with time or, oh, I can overlook that. And so because they're insecure, right? They're insecure. Like, well, what, what if I say I don't like the way she chomps ice? Like you like just chomps on that ice. Like what if I say I, I don't like how that, like he smacks his food, right? Or whatever it is. Like there's times that there's conversations that you really want to have. And like, that's the simplest version of conflict, right? Like I'm not talking about like coming to blows, just real genuine conflict, but people are insecure of the relationship. Um, or their position in the relationship, so they forego addressing or really honoring themselves and bringing up things that are genuine issues to them or pet peeves or whatever it may be. And so they put themselves on the back burner for the sake of staying comfortable and because they're insecure in the relationship. So here, here's here's the challenge on that one, right? Like, like be willing to be secure in who you are as a person and know that, like, how you feel about things and your perspective matters, all right? I've been married to my wife for 12 years. Tay and I, um, Tay and I, I think we have a healthy relationship, but our relationship is not without conflict. It was just, um, I don't know, maybe within the last seven days, we were sitting on the couch and we were having a conversation. And she loved, y'all, she loves ice. I think she has like an iron deficiency or something. I don't know. I think that's some medical, right? If you like crave ice, something's wrong with you. All right. So you're, or you're an Eskimo. I don't know one or the other, but like she, we're sitting on the couch and we're having this conversation and she's just like, man, she's just going to town on this ice. She's like, and I'm like, listen, babe. She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind if you eat one more piece of ice. Right. Like, and she's like, oh, whatever. We, you know, we talk back and forth and like, I'm secure in the relationship, right? And that's something simple, but there may be something in our parenting or something in our kids' school or something to deal with a teacher or, you know you know what I'm saying? It's something with our, our friendship, our intimacy, our relationship, whatever it may be. If I'm not, with, if I'm not secure in the relationship, I'm not going to have those conversations. And that leads to an unhealthy relationship. And I'm going to get to the dangers in a minute of not being willing to have that conflict. But Think about it. If you're not willing to have that conflict, that means you're either insecure in yourself or you're insecure in your position in the relationship. The, the next thing for me, I think at times I've seen people withdraw from conflict or be unwilling to have conflict is because they've been burned before or they've been abused or manipulated. And, and they've come forward with their concerns or they voiced their opinion. They shared their heart. They've been willing to take that step of conflict. But then at the end of the day, they've been met with how... Maybe I could say it this way. Have you ever been in a conversation where you shared a genuine concern or your desire or your heart or your perspective and immediately that was flipped around and turned around on you and you know your intentions were good, right? You know that your intentions were wholesome and and sometimes even holy and all of a sudden it becomes your fault and all of the tensions on you. Like, sure, if, if you've been placed in those situations where you've been burned before trying to connect with someone, you've been abused even verbally or emotionally abused, you've been manipulated, right? You've been, um, someone's gaslit you, right? Like you, you're, you're trying to communicate your heart or to tell something or engage in healthy conflict and, and you're made out to be the bad guy or the enemy. Like that, that's a reason why I've seen people hold back before. Um, I had a good friend of mine, he was burned in relationship uh, so deeply that he just said, man, you know what? It, it's, it's better for me that I just be alone. So because conflict went really poorly for him, 
and it, it was it was conflict about just natural daily things, it burned a whole relationship down because there was insecurity on both sides. Now, connection and relationship and family and so many other things have been sacrificed. Um, so I will say this: maybe you have been burned, maybe you have been manipulated, maybe you have you've walked through some emotional or um, some verbal abuse. Uh, I, I would say this: keep chasing after healthy conflict and relationships that matter to you. Um, the last thing before we move to the dangers in the why we don't have conflict is because it's just easier to fake nice than it is to forge authentic relationships. It is easier to fake nice than it is to forge authentic relationships. I see this all the time. I've watched this my entire life. I have family members that don't like each other, but they get around each other and they're like, oh my God, how are you doing? Like, oh my God, that dress is beautiful, blah, 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 whatever. And and then the the, the moment that person leaves, is like, I cannot believe, blah, 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 blah. Y'all, listen, it's easier to fake nice than it is to forge authentic relationships. So what does it look like to forge authentic relationships where you're willing to confront one another to have healthy conflict so that one you sharpen one another, right? Like you, you, you grow together. You're challenged. You, you, you overcome. You know, maybe sometimes conflict. You don't like conflict because it spo- exposes areas in your heart that you need to step up. You need to shape up. You need to allow Christ to transform you, right? Like, like maybe that's why you avoid conflict. But ultimately, I, I do think it's easier to fake nice than it is to have authentic relationships. I watch it all the time. Um, I'm not. I'm not good at that. Uh, in, in my life, one thing um, we were the other day, we were having a conversation even in the house with my mother-in-law and Cameron and Cameron said something about, dad, did you lie? And I was like, listen, man, I, I will do a lot of things. Like I'll get angry. I'll get frustrated. Like I mess up and fail in a million different ways. But the one thing I won't do, I can't, um, is lie. And, and, and that's something that it was very easy for me before Christ. And that is what leads to a lot of conflict in my life, <laughs> right? Like the, the unwillingness to be dishonest will lead you to a place to where you can no longer be fake and you have to begin to forge authentic relationships. It's dangerous, right? Like it, it, it means you're going to embrace conflict. I t- but I tell my friends that all the time. Like I'll, I'll let you down a lot of ways, but I'll never lie to you. Because I, I think if, if there's dishonesty in a relationship, like it's going to lead to some false version of a relationship you would like to have or hope you had rather than a real authentic relationship. Um, yeah, so chew on that. Think about that. The dangers, all right? Those are some of the reasons why we don't engage in healthy conflict. But I, I want to lay out for you, if you will, six dangers or things that I see as dangers if we are unwilling to have healthy conflict. The first thing is this, our emotions begin to lie to us, all right? If I, have, if I have something against you or you have something against me or there's somebody in your workplace or somebody in your family that, that you have something against or there's some issue between you or some, some little tiff that you haven't addressed, well, if you, you refuse to have conflict, you refuse to make the hard choice to forge a real relationship and have conflict, then your emotions will begin to lie to you. You'll get offended. You'll get frustrated. You'll get hurt. And out of all of that, your emotions will start speaking to you. Oh, she said that because she feels this way. Oh, he said that because he really feels this way. Oh, that, that because they said that three weeks ago, that all, all of that, you know, all of that tension, all of that 
unresolved conflict in your heart between you and another person begins to feed your emotions and your emotions will lie to you. Your emotions will begin to manipulate you. Your emotions will begin to build entire scenarios in your heart, in your head about a relationship or about a person or about a thing that are not even there. And oftentimes, if you just have the conversation, it clears the air. It settles the room and it brings peace. I've seen this happen so many times. People have been talking about each other in in multiple circles and they're frustrated with each other. And in the moment they get in a room together and they have a conversation, all the dust settles. Why? Because they faked, they, they stopped fake nice with each other and they begin to forge an authentic relationship. And then their emotions can no longer lie to them because they had concrete facts. The, the next thing I would say is that one of the dangers is that conflict, uh, going back to the Jordan Peterson quote, conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. It is. It grows under the surface. Um, when you refuse to have conflict, maybe it's a healthy thing, right? Maybe you feel like your uh, a raise is justified and your effort and your, your work um, has been exemplary and, and you don't feel noticed at work. You don't feel honored at work. You don't feel taken care of. And so the unwillingness to have that conversation with HR allows that frustration to grow under the surface. So then it could lead you to start slacking off, not being who you know you should be, who you're called to be, right? Like even in simple ways like that, in the relationship, right? If you're in a romantic relationship with someone and there's conflict that needs to happen and you refuse to have it, then resentment and bitterness and unkindness, anger, all these things can begin to grow under the surface and multiply the conflict that should have been resolved very simply. Um, Increase frustration when there's no resolution and there can be no self-awareness on your part of the part of the other person. It just increases your frustration sometimes with yourself, right? You leave a situation. Have you ever left a situation and thought this? Oh, I wish I would have said so-and-so, right? You guys ever felt that? Anybody ever felt that in the room? (laughs) Keyshawn's like grinning. He's like, yeah, yeah. You look like the Grinch, man. That's like a, the lights hitting you just right. You look like the Grinch looking at me like that dude's had some hard conversations in his life. But like it increases frustration, right? Like there's no resolution. So that angst just builds. The fourth thing is that incre- it increases gossip because here's a reality. This is something that I've, I've witnessed over and over. And I know you have when there is conflict that is avoided and conflict being delayed and con- healthy conflict, people are refusing to have it, they're dumping the desired conflict onto someone else. They're in another room somewhere else. Let me say it this way. You're in another room somewhere else having the conversation you should be having with person A, with person B, C, D, E, if all these other people, you're having the conversation that you really wish you could have outside of that person's presence. And so you're devaluing who that person person is by gossiping and you're devaluing, devaluing yourself by being a gossip. And whether you realize it or not, you're actually um, diminishing trust with the people around you. Listen, this is what I know. When, when somebody in my circle, when somebody in my friend group, when somebody on my staff, whoever it is, people in my band over the years, Whenever they frequently gossip to me about other people, this is what I know. And I hold this in the back of like, 
I don't keep score with when people wound me, but I keep a running list in the back of my head of people who are willing to who are willing to talk about other people in my presence because this is what I know. The moment I'm gone or the moment they have frustration with me, the moment that they delay conflict with me, they're talking about me to everybody they just talked about to me, right? And that's uncomfortable. That's un- that's uncomfortable to say, but that is a reality, right? It increases if we delay conflict, it increases gossip. Because people love to be heard, and if they're not brave enough to let the person that needs to hear it hear it, they'll let everybody else hear it. So it increases gossip, and it allows other people to borrow offenses. So that, that's number five, right? Borrowed offenses. This is the danger of delaying conflict. You're invi- when, you, when you allow it to increase your frustration and multiply your conflict and your emotions begin to lie to you, and gossip is increased, then you begin to allow other people to borrow that offense. That conflict that should be between you and another person then becomes between you and another person and these people that are you are, you're handing this offense off to. So you're inviting other people into a conflict, into your conflict, and you're giving them a burden that they do not deserve. This happened to me. I, you guys, if you scroll back through the podcast link, um, you'll see an interview with my good friend Tim Bice and myself, and he's the pastor uh, of a church that I helped plant. And he fired me, and and when he fired me, man, I just we both did. We, I, man, I was spewing gossip. I was talking down about him. I was doing all these things, and I was giving that offense away to so many other people. When two years later, we went and sat down and we had this face to face reconciliation meeting, and all the dust was settled. But you know what happened? There are still people who still view him in a bad light, still people that view me in a bad light because we gave away our offense to everybody else. We, allow, we gave our conflict. Like we put burdens on people. When we gossiped about each other, we put burdens on people. When we shared our frustrations, we put burdens on people and they did not deserve those burdens. And so when we delay conflict or when we refuse to have healthy conflict, we're allowing other people to pick up our conflict and our burdens, and they do not deserve that. The last thing before I get into um, when we should be having healthy conflict under the dangers is this. Our physical health, the National Institute of, of Health literally said, and, and uh, this was a really interesting report, that if we store up and bottle up negative emotions, it genuinely begins to affect our health in a way that can increase heart disease, increase risk of cancer, increase obviously depression and anxiety and mental health disorders. When we, so outside of all of these relational dynamics I've talked about, our physical health, if we refuse to have conflict, if we bottle up all of this negative energy, all of this frustration, and we never open up and we never release these things and we never share these things, we never you know, have authentic relationships where we can be real and vulnerable in ourselves, it can genuinely have a physical effect on your body. That's a danger, right? That's a danger. So you say, well, TJ, I don't, I don't know how to, how, like, I don't know how to have healthy conflict. To this, I would say this, before I move on to the when you should, go find yourself a qualified biblical counselor. All right. If you say, TJ, I have emotions that I don't know how to handle. I have conflict that I don't know how to resolve. I, I, I've, I've walked through things in my life that, that they do not allow me, 
right? I, even if I want to share my mind or I want to share my heart, I'm imprisoned in my anxiety and my frustrations and my hurts, my habits, my hangups, whatever it is. I don't know how to forge authentic relationships. All I know how to do is to wear a mask. If that's you, listen, go talk to somebody. Go talk to your pastor, right? Like maybe you're not to the point to where you want to be seen as someone who goes and sees a counselor, which I wish we could, as a society, remove the whole stigma. Like I talk to somebody. Like everybody should talk to somebody, right? So if you're there, just just take that step of going to talk to somebody. Be vulnerable, right? Like don't let it affect your relationships. Don't let it imprison you, even to the point that it could affect your physical health. So I'm going to give you five things really quick. And uh, I promised the crew that this would be a short one, so I'm I'm going to... I'm going to go through this like a fire hydrant really, really quickly for you. When should I? If that's your question, TJ. Like, all right, I understand why I don't have conflict. I understand the dangers of not having healthy conflict. When should I have healthy conflict? If there's something that's stuck in my heart, or stuck in my mind, that that's bothering me. Maybe it's something at work, something with my spouse, something with a friend, something that's really just eating at me. When should I have that conflict? Hear me say this, as soon as possible, all right? Some of y'all, right now, that person, that thing is on your mind. You need to just pause the podcast and give them a call, all right? You need to pause the podcast and drive over to their office and have a conversation. Now, listen, don't walk into the conversation and be like, let me tell you something. TJ said that I need to let you have it, right? I need to tell, put you in your place. Absolutely not, right? But you should have that conflict, that healthy conflict, as soon as possible so that it doesn't fester and increase your go- gossip and increase your frustration and multiply the conflict growing under the surface and then allow your emotions to lie to you. Have it as soon as possible. As soon as you're offended or as soon as you see an injustice, have the conversation as soon as possible. Be willing to walk into the conflict as soon as possible. When should I have conflict? As soon as possible. And then when you love the person. You say, well, what do you mean? Listen, I, I don't have conflict with people that I don't love, right? Like, let me say it to you this way. I love in the general sense, like we are called by Christ to love everybody, right? So we want to love and to be kind with everybody. But listen, I get emails, I get letters, I got haters and critics all the time saying, you should do it this way, you should do it. And they want to have conflict. Listen, I don't have conflict with those people. I have conflict with people that I love. And and what I mean by that is, even if I'm wrong, right, I'm going to have the conflict. I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to have the hard conversation or I'm going to allow the hard conversation to be had with me because I love the person. And I'm not saying I don't love the critics and I don't love the haters. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't love all those anonymous letters I get. I think it's a waste of trees because I just throw them in the trash. I don't even read them if they don't have somebody's name on them. But, but save the planet, y'all. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, if you love the person, you'll have conflict with them. Like it is unloving. In my and this is this is my opinion, but I believe this to be true. You know, I guess we all think our opinions are true. But think about this: if you love somebody, you'll have conflict with them. I heard a great story one time by C.J. Mahaney and Bob Coughlin, and they were talking about having dinner at a really fancy restaurant. And Bob Coughlin said he looked across the table, and one of his friends had some cream cheese on his face, and they were sitting with some really important people. And um, and at this moment, 
he decided to be like, hey, hey, you got you got some cream cheese on your face. He's like, what? Why? Why would I expose the cream cheese? Why would I potentially embarrass my friend? Why? Because I love him, and 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 no one would let their friend walk around in life with cream cheese on their face, right? No one would let them sit through the whole dinner with cream cheese on their face. So some of you are out here saying you love your friends, and you're letting them you're letting them walk in in, in with burdens. You're letting them walk in in sin. You're letting them walk through things where they've got cream cheese on their face. Everybody knows they're dealing with it, but nobody cares enough about them to confront them and to have conflict with them. You will have conflict with someone if you love them. And then when we want the best for others, right? Like the third thing is, um, it's it's not about um, embarrassment. It's not about um, wanting to one-up a person when you have conflict. It's not wanting to have a gotcha moment. It's when you want the best for someone else. I'll say it like this. Cam and I, uh, Cam can get dysregulated sometimes. And when he's a teenager, years and years from now, he'll probably never listen to this, but if he listens back, he, he might want to have a conversation about this or whatever. But he gets dysregulated and he misbehaves. And he's unkind. And so there'll be moments where it, I don't care if we're at Tractor Supply or at church or wherever we're at, I'll stop and I'll address his behavior. And I'll say, hey, buddy, man, like that's not cool, dude. Like, like you're better than that. Now, I don't do that because I want to embarrass him. I do that because I want what is best for him. I'm willing to have conflict because I want what's best for him. Listen, I know there are some parents out there that you let your kids do whatever in the world they want to do because you want to be the cool mom or the cool dad or you want to have the good relationship or whatever that is. But like a good mom, a good dad will have the conflict that they need to have in their home, the healthy conflict, because they want what's they want what's best for their kid. The husband and wife will have unhealthy conflict or, well, you'll, I guess you, some of y'all might be having unhealthy conflict, but you will have healthy conflict when you want what's best for the other person. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think conflict is, conflict delayed is horrible, but, but it's not about self-love, right? It's not about me loving myself and my own ego, so I want to have this battle and I want to have this conflict. No, it's I love you and I want more for you, so I want to have a conflict about this thing right? Or I want what's best for you. So I'm willing to have a conflict with you about your grades or somebody on your team, right? I want what's best for you. So I'm willing, I want to have this conflict with you about your attitude. I want to have this conflict with you about your work performance. I want to have this conflict with you, right? It's because I want what's best for you. Not because I want to embarrass you or demean you or make you feel less than. Healthy conflict leads to at least the leader or the person in charge, the parent, the husband, the wife, whatever it is, allowing the other people to know that you want what's best for them, that you love them, and you're not just going to let things go, right? You're not going to let water pass under the bridge and let conflict build. It's unhealthy. So ultimately, the, the last two things for me are are the most important. And, and all of these things, I think all of these things are are important, or I wouldn't be telling you this clearly. But the last two things are really, really important for me. And the second to last is this. We will have healthy conflict with others when we want to live biblically, a biblical, gospel-centered life. And you say, TJ, what do you mean by that? Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says it this way, and I'll sum it up for you. Essentially, this dude comes to the altar, right? Or he says this, if you, if you bring your gift before the altar and you realize that your brother has an offense against you, an offense against you, leave your gift at the altar, go and reconcile with your brother and then come back and offer your gift. This verse always struck me because 
this is a moment where this person is worshiping God at the altar. They're giving their all. They're bringing gift before the Lord. And God's like, yeah, yeah, all that's great. Like, I appreciate your worship. I appreciate the gift you're bringing. All of that's cool. What I really care about is your relationship with others. In that moment, I mean, think about this. Like, when I think about God, creation declares the glory of God. Like, God is receiving worship. He's receiving these gifts from people. And God, in that moment, says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like if you're not okay with your brother, and, and we even hear it in other places in Scripture, right? If you can't love your brother who you can see, how can you love a God that you can't see? So, so if we want to be biblical, gospel-centered followers of Jesus and walk out a faith-filled journey with authenticity, we cannot live with conflict built up in our heart towards our brother or our sister. We have to leave the gift at the altar, go and reconcile, have the conflict, keep it healthy, and then come back and bring your gift to God. And the last thing is if we really want peace and when we want peace. I love the way Ronald Reagan says this. He says, peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Something interesting about this. It didn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. I got people in my life that are peacekeepers. They'll forego their own opinions their own dreams, their own desires to avoid conflict and just keep the peace. But sometimes to be a peacemaker, you have to be willing to have the conflict, to endure the conflict so that you can forge an authentic, genuine relationship rather than spending your entire life just faking nice. So don't just keep the peace. Be a peacemaker. That's active. That's not passive. Peacekeeping is passive. Peacemaking is active. So here's my encouragement. Last thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to leave you alone. (laughs) Be willing to have healthy conflict so that you can forge healthy relationships so that you don't spend your life switching on and off different masks, right? So that you can ultimately one day, prayerfully, all of us can live authentic, biblical, gospel-centered lives that are pleasing to God and peaceable with one another. Not because it's easy, not because we've kept the peace, but we've chosen to have genuine, healthy conflict, and we make peace. I love you guys. If you um, if you have questions about this or um, you have any questions at all, make sure you hit us up on our email. We would love to continue the conversation. All of this stuff, uh, the quotes and the Bible verses will all be in the show notes. So thanks so much. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TJ Molden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. If you have any questions you would like to ask TJ, whether it is about life, leadership, or the gospel, you can email those to TJ Malden Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again on the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast.